0: I, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here. I say that at the beginning. <laughs> if you've been watching this, you go, Who is this guy talking? Uh, and so let's go ahead and uh, put our mission statement up. Uh, you can just nab that right off of the computer. But uh, we're going to say it together. Everybody at home, everybody everywhere, say it with me. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Yeah. See, that's what our church is all about. We are living a passionate mission. We're on mission, and we're loving Jesus, we're loving each other, we're growing in Christ, always, always growing, and uh, we're going, we're serving our community, and we're serving each other, and uh, so that's what our church is about. That's not changing. And so what we're doing this morning is we are concluding our four-part series on Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And once again, if you have a chance to grab the book by Peter Scazzaro, go ahead and grab it. It's amazing. That's what this series has been uh, based on. And uh, you will be glad that you do. It's a challenging book. You might open it up. You might cry. You might learn some things about yourself that are, like, tough. They're like, oh, man, that's true of me, and that hurts, and I need to let God reach down and heal those areas. And so hopefully you've been following along. And so as we wrap up this series, though, uh, I want to talk about developing a a rule of life, a rule of life, a code, all right? Forrest, if you're watching, we're not talking about a Mandalorian code. We're talking about a code of life, a code to live by. It was Forrest's birthday. That's what I gave him for his birthday, (laughs) the Mandalorian code. But uh, a rule of life, all it is basically is a framework to live by and what this framework does this framework to live by does is it intentionally centers our thoughts our actions and our devotions around loving Jesus above all else right isn't that what we want do you want to love Jesus more than you love anything or anyone else i do and so if we can create a system a create a rule of life create a framework in our lives that centers our attention and centers our affection around loving Jesus. Well, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, isn't that the difference between sort of lip service and sort of, you know, be, being a cultural Christian and being a person that really centers their lives around Christ? Is we've, we, built, we build this framework. We build uh, a rule of life that facilitates loving Jesus above all else. And so um, you can kind of think of a rule of life like a trellis. And so I remember um, there was an older woman when I was growing up who uh, I was looking to raise some money to go on a youth event, and she hired me, and she paid me like $15 to come to her house and do all sorts of work. And back then, $15 was a lot of money, right? I'm just saying. Now people are like, I won't even get out of bed for less than, you know, for $15. So, uh, but um, and she had a trellis. And it went up the side of her house and i always imagined myself climbing that trellis but i never dared and uh but i was just fascinated how the vine plants in this case it was a clematis just sort of automatically grew up this thing and how god designed plants certain plants to just grow up things like trellises and i was just fascinated by that and it would just grow all the way to the top And it supported the vines, and it provided a framework for their growth, right? So what happens if you don't have a trellis or something for these things to grow on? They just sort of grow along the ground, and they die off. But a trellis allows them to grow. And so a rule of life is like that. A rule of life is a set of actions that you're committed to, and these actions will foster and support your growth. And so it sounds... If this kind of sounds to you, if you're like, Lee, that sounds an awful lot like spiritual disciplines, you're right. <laughs> and I just want to tell you this. Emotionally healthy spirituality is impossible without disciplines. You cannot have an emotionally healthy, or even, let's just say healthy, you can't even, you can't even have a healthy relationship with God. You can't even have a healthy spirituality without Disciplines without a framework, without a rule of life in operation in your life. And so I think a lot of people have a real misconception about certain types of growth. Uh, there are people that think that, you know, because they raise three kids, they're good parents. That that's something that just happens automatically. No, it doesn't, right? It doesn't. Or people think, well, you know what, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and somehow that sort of... Implies that there's this automatic growth that happens because you've been a Christian for 20 years. It doesn't. You know, I think we can all think of people who have been followers of Christ for decades and they're not emotionally healthy and they don't have a framework, they don't have a foundation. And so, uh, you know, becoming an emotionally healthy Christian doesn't happen automatically by just, you know, being in church on Sundays and and listening to Caleb. And just sort of wearing that, you know, that badge, that Christian badge. It doesn't happen automatically. At the end of the day, growing into an emotionally healthy believer is a lot more like um, growing into a competitive bodybuilder, right? I mean, we think it, well, it's really a lot more like that. And so if I told you, listen, you could have six pack abs, you could have six pack abs, you could have. <laughs> well-defined arms and a big chest just by visiting the gym once a week, right? And, oh, and you can get, you know, bonus points. You can get an eight-pack if you add to that once-a-week gym visit a fitness podcast, right? Uh, You would say I was wrong. You'd be like, wrong, because I go to the gym once a week, at least, and I do listen to a fitness podcast and, well, look at me, okay? And so we would all say that was wrong. We would all understand that. And so um, what happens if you want to be a competitive bodybuilder is you have to have a rule. You have to have a system that you are committed to following consistently over a long period of time. Spiritual maturity is the same way. The same way. It doesn't matter, you know, how, how good your heart is uh, or, or any of those things or how, what kind of spiritual talk that you, uh, that you exhibit And so, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about setting up a rule of life. But first, let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you because the answers are right here in your word. And we want to be people that are emotionally healthy Christians. Uh, Lord, because like begets like. And if we're not emotionally healthy Christians, we're just going to reproduce other emotionally unhealthy Christians. We don't want that, God. God. God, I pray that you would help us to be people, that you would help us to be a church full of emotionally healthy uh, followers of Jesus. And so let your word come alive in us today, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to start off, we're going we're to take a look at, at a person in the Bible whom I really, really admire for their rule of life. And um, God honored their rule of life, God honored him by giving him favor with the king, by elevating him in a position of power in the kingdom, uh, he is. His name is Daniel, and uh, Daniel not only followed a diet rule. Y'all know about the kind of the Daniel diet. Daniel followed a rule there, uh, where he just ate fruits and vegetables. That was really cool. If you ever read the first couple of chapters of Daniel, it's really amazing, and it caused him to be healthier and stronger than most others. But Daniel followed a spiritual growth rule or, or a devotional rule that fostered God's blessing. And even uh, even when others tried to get him killed. And so we're going to read from chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. It says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. Okay, so growth and blessing can sometimes cause other people to bristle. You ever have people treat you differently after you got that promotion, right? Or after you just started to grow or after you said, you know what? I'm tired of hanging around with people that are bringing me down. I want to put things in my life and and institute relationships in my life that help me grow and bring positivity. And the people that were bringing you down start to bristle. And so a lot of times growth will cause other people in your life to bristle. That's another sermon, though. Uh, it says, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Okay? So, they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds of accusing Daniel will be in con- connection with the rules of his religion. Isn't that interesting? I mean, just, like, stop right there, just real quick. People on the outside saw what Daniel was doing as simply rules. It's the rules of his his religion. You know, sometimes people might look at you, might look at me, and go, oh, they're just following a bunch of rules, and what they don't understand is we're putting things in place. We're creating a rule of life that is causing, fostering growth, that is fostering a greater love and passion for Jesus that is fostering an expansion of the kingdom. And sometimes other people just see those as rules. Oh, they're just following legalistic rules. And so the administrators and high officials went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders... That for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down. As usual. Per usage. he was going to go pray. Okay? Prayer was just part of his rule of life in his upstairs room and its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. If you remember one thing this morning, I want you to remember this. Be an oak, not a poplar. All right? Be an oak, not a poplar. I'm going to make you guys follow me around. I'm going to make Brandon follow me around. Be an oak, not a poplar. All right? So, like, uh, I have both of these kind of trees in my yard. I have poplars, and I have oaks. And uh, I lose a poplar every year. Like, like, every year I'll probably lose a poplar. In fact, last year what I did is I took a, bu- I took a bunch of stakes, and I hammered them into the ground, and I took twine, and I had to tie some of the poplars to the stakes to keep them standing up straight, because poplars are just so weak they 're weak sauce trees, right every year, I lose a poplar, it seems like and uh, and but but you know, Daniel, but the oak trees remain strong, right The oak trees remain strong we 've got huge oaks we've got a couple of big, great big oaks in our front yard and Uh, They might lose some branches once in a while when we have high winds or whatever, but they stand strong where the poplars just blow When we get a heavy snow, what happens to the poplars? They bend over, and then the snow melts, and they're still bent, right? So I can't stand those trees. But I believe that God wants us to be oaks, not poplars. Daniel was an oak tree. He consistently followed a rule of life that included prayer, study, worship, and he did this daily, or almost daily, over the span of his entire life, right? Over years, over decades. And Daniel's roots ran deep. And he didn't freak out when bad news came. So what did Daniel do when, when he heard about the bad news, that there was a law that was being passed that uh, that could end his life? He went and prayed. His roots, His roots ran deep, okay? He stayed the course. He stayed the course. There is something so valuable about just staying the course over months, over years, over decades. Something so powerful that happens and God shapes us into oak trees, not just poplars. And so a lot of believers today are poplars. What are they doing? It's like they just kind of seek spiritual highs or they seek this sort of exciting motivation, right? Right? They kind of go, oh, this you know, this study over here makes me feel good, or this TV preacher makes me feel good, or this worship song makes me feel good, and it's all kind of becomes this sort of like, you know, I'm going to engage in the practices that make me feel good, but they don't have the foundation, the underlying discipline, and so uh, they're just they're like poplars. They don't have the discipline, that they don't discipline themselves to pray when all the feelings are gone. And when life comes along, it sucker punches one of these poplars, their knees buckle, and what happens is, is they fall back into their old ways. And they might not ever say this, they might not say out loud, well, you know, this prayer isn't working, or this worship, or this disciplines, this rule of life isn't working, and so I'm going to go, and I'm, you know, I'm just going to... I'm just going to use a little bit. I'm going to go back. I'm just going to smoke a little bit, make me feel good. I just need something to kind of make me feel good. You know, I'm just going you know, to drink a little bit. Or, you know, if I, if I can just find somebody to sleep with, I'm going to feel a little bit better, right? And they fall back into the old ways because their, uh, their life, rather than it being about this rule of life or the creative system that causes them to grow so that when storms come, they're standing strong, it becomes more about feeling. I, just, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want to feel, 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 feel right? Because we just, you know, we're feeling creatures, but we put so much emphasis on our feelings. And so, uh, so, but God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be able to stand strong. You ever tried to punch an oak tree? Right? You can kind of kick a poplar down. If you kick it enough times. But you ever try to punch an oak tree? Forget about it. Poplars give the appearance of rapid growth. That's the other thing about poplars, right? They kind of, You can plant one, and they're great for privacy, because they'll spring up real fast. And they give this appearance of rapid growth, but their roots are super shallow. And a heavy snow or a storm will ruin them. We had one tree, we had one poplar in our yard, and, uh, and it was growing, and I thought, oh, it's, it's fine. And I had a friend over uh, helping me do some yard work, and I go over, and, uh, and I notice that this poplar is just like literally laying on the ground and i said well, what 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 happened to my tree and it, well its roots were super shallow and when we kind of we hit it with some things and it was getting shaded out by this other tree and it just kind of came out really easily and so uh, we don't want to be like that poplar we don't want to just have an appearance of growth of you know being super spiritual whatever but then get knocked over really easily and so um, you know we don't, uh, that's what poplars do so it's our habits I want you to remember this. This is not in a lower third. This is not in a graphic. But remember this. It's our habits, not our grand visions, that determine our destiny. It's our habits, not our grand visions, that determine our destiny. We all know how Daniel's story ended. He he was delivered from the lion's den, and he prospered greatly. But our vision is just the beginning. That's just the beginning consistently following our rule of life is what gets us there. It's what gets us there. So our vision just paints a picture of where we want to go, right? And even as a church, we have a picture painted of where we wanted to go, but if, you know, we weren't taking steps to get there, and we weren't teaching that way, and we weren't always emphasizing that over the years until we're all kind of sometimes going, okay, we get it, love, grow, and go, right? But it's that consistently acting out, and, and, and engaging in disciplines that take us in that direction that get us there. It's not just having the vision, all right? So what are some things that we can add to our trellis? What are some things that we can add to our rule of life, uh, you know, that will get us there? And so um, one is scripture reading and study. You know, believers are people of the word, right? We're people of the word. It's scripture reading and study. The Bible is the the ultimate truth, right? So now we have, we kind of live in this culture. Everybody's like, well, this is my truth, and this is my truth, and, well, hey, that's your truth, you know? And, uh, but, you know, we speak like that because as if truth were some sort of subjective thing. Truth is not a subjective thing, and the Bible is the ultimate truth. The Bible is the truth. The Bible isn't just my truth, right? The Bible isn't just Wendy's truth or Ryan's truth. The Bible isn't just, you know my truth. The Bible is the truth. It's the ultimate truth, and it's the standard that we hold all other truths to. And so it's so important that we, as believers, that we study Scripture. If we don't know Scripture, then we're susceptible to believing lies. You know, there are Christians who, who think that Jesus sinned. Well, why would you think that? Probably because you listened to somebody, or you listened to a podcast, or heard somebody on the radio, or you read an article, and those things aren't Scripture. You know, and so we need to be in scripture. How do bankers know the difference between, you know, counterfeit money and real money? They study the real money, right? And so we need to be studying the real thing. Uh, And so we don't want to be believing lies about how to live, lies about God, lies about ourselves, right? I think that's, what, that's probably one of the lies that most people believe and, and that are most susceptible to, are just lies about themselves. And so it's important that we read it every day. And then you know what, you know what happens? You know what you do when you're done reading the entire Bible, you read it again. <laughs> right? You flip it over, and you read it again, and you keep reading. It's a journey that you spend the rest of your life on. Flip it over, read it again, keep doing that your whole life. So scripture and reading of, uh, 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 scripture reading and study. And so the next is silence and solitude. Practice taking time without distraction. Practice just not being entertained, right? Practice uh, just not having company or being connected with somebody. We're, you know, our, our phones kind of keep us connected and entertained like, 20, like all the time. You know, I mean, it's, it's, if there's a moment of silence, if there's a, you know, we can't even stand in line at the bank without pulling out our phones, okay? We have to learn to, uh, to practice silence and solitude. Go for a walk and leave your phone. Have you ever left your house without your phone? You All of a sudden you feel naked and vulnerable, like, like, you, like somehow you, know, you ended up in some survival situation? I have to fashion myself a phone out of sticks. You know, No, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's so, um, or you know what? Just sit and enjoy a sunset. Sit and enjoy God's creation. Silence and solitude is so important. Why is that? It's because, here's the thing, that scripture says it, and I've encountered it, is God tends to speak in the still, small voice. In fact, his voice is so small that you probably aren't gonna hear it scrolling Facebook, or TikTok, or Twitter, or Instagram. It takes intentional times of solitude and silence to hear God's voice train yourself to be quiet so that you can hear the lord all right another one is just daily prayer and praise daily prayer and praise daniel prayed daily and god revealed some incredible things to him in fact he had visions and that were just off the charts they were amazing and so prayer is like fertilizer to our souls and it's where we experience relationship and intimacy with Jesus. And, you know, one of the things about praise that is so awesome. So the other day, uh, Friday, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk around the lake. And um, I'm going to just spend some time intentionally praising God. So I'm going see if Brandon's paying attention. And so I'm just walking. I'm walking. I'm praising God. And I'm walking. And I've just given him praise. And I noticed something happen as I I was praising God. And it was that my focus began to shift from all of the stuff down here. My focus began to shift from, oh, pandemic. Oh, reopening. Oh masks and gloves and governors and mayors and all sorts of stuff and you know uh my focus began to shift from all the civilian affairs that were happening down here to the throne room of god and you know what was so cool as that happened as i just gave him praise as i'm just walking thank you jesus you reign on the throne Thank you, Jesus. You are on high. You are king above all kings. Thank you, Jesus. You are Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus, that your power is absolute. Thank you, Jesus. I magnify you. I exalt you. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what happened? All the stuff just got really small. All the stuff just got really insignificant. And I could feel that shifting in my heart as I began to praise Him. And Him and His glory and His majesty and His kingdom felt so much bigger. And all the junk just felt so much smaller. Even so much to the point where I was like, I don't even know why I was why I just get stressed out about all that. It doesn't mean anything. God is on high. When you compare those things to the Lord, it's awesome. Praise changes our perspective. It makes the things of earth seem strangely dim, right? Remember that song? And the things of earth will seem strangely dim. And so uh, daily prayer and praise. And then uh, another practice that you could add to it is Sabbath, right? And I won't talk a whole lot about that because Karen talked about it last week. And so uh, go back and listen to last week's message on Sabbath. But a weekly time of resting, just delighting, contemplation, it goes a long way to refresh weary souls. Weary souls. And so what is it that renews you? Spend some time doing that during your Sabbath, right? Do some walking if that's what renews you. Or, you know, play your instrument if that's what renews you. Whatever, okay? And then simplicity. This is so important. This would be another thing you can add to your trellis. We grow in emotional health when we move away from complication and towards simplicity. (sighs) Let that one sink in. Right? Complication. We live in the information age. Right? It's so much information. We get we have two we have information overload. Information overload and it just makes things so much more complicated. And we get involved with so much. Just learn to live with less stuff, fewer bills, less draining activities, enjoy more godly friendships, more praise, more peace. Enjoy simplicity. Simplicity. Uh, that That is so helpful, okay? Move away from complication towards simplicity. And then the last thing is this. Enjoy true community. Spend some time with people that sharpen you spiritually. You know? Spend time with people that inspire you to praise when the people closest to you are passionate about jesus and they follow a similar rule of life we find strength we find encouragement right we, we we can pray for each other we find accountability okay and so enjoy true community with people think of the five people closest to you are they moving you closer to christ or further away do the five people closest to you move you closer to Christ or further away? That's so important that we enjoy true community. Does your joy level increase when you're with them? Or do you just feel completely depleted when you walk away? Right? I think we all have people in our lives that kind of do a little of both. And it's important that we spend most of our time, most of our relational energy with people that builds you up that pe- with people that, that spur you on and push you to move closer to Christ. Uh, it's so important. Enjoy true community. And there's, there's a whole lot more. That's the last one I'm going to mention today, but there's a whole lot more that you could add to your rule of life, but these are so important for emotionally healthy spirituality. And so uh, as we close this morning, the worship team can come back. Uh, as we close this morning, Uh, I just want to close with a question. So here's a question for you. What consistent practices do I need to add to my life to foster a greater love for Jesus and emotionally healthy spirituality? Okay? I want you to think about that. Try to answer that question. Maybe write it down. What consistent practices do I need to add to my life to foster greater love for Jesus and emotionally healthy spirituality? Do you need to be in the Word more? Do you need to spend more time in prayer and praise? Um, Do you need to connect with other believers? Do do you need to simplify your life? Are you neglecting the Sabbath? Okay? And so it's so important that we have these things in our life. Or we're not going to grow. We're not going to grow. And so I, I see it a lot. You know, one of the disadvantages of following Jesus for, you know, 30 some odd years, is I see a lot of people come into faith. I, I even see some people who, uh, who fall to their knees and, and in tears proclaim their love for Jesus and that they're giving their life to God. I, I even see that. And then within a year, they're gone. They're just back to their old life. They're not serving Jesus anymore. And it's because they, they never put together a rule of life. They never follow any sort of disciplines, and so they don't grow. And so their whole walk with Jesus is basically based on a one-time experience and an emotional proclamation to go all the way. It's about the same as falling to your knees and proclaiming that you're going to become a competitive bodybuilder, but never put discipline into your life. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be poplars, have some sort of appearance of growth, but we're not solid. We got no roots. As soon as a storm comes along, we're uprooted. We're discouraged. We walk away. Or as soon as some something else comes along that kind of makes us feel good, we go off with that? That's not what God wants for us. That's not emotionally healthy spirituality. And so I pray that you would create a rule of life, that you would institute disciplines in your life. What can you do? And what can you sustain for the next 10 years, next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years? I want to be the old guy who's 90 years old. And whose grandkids and great-grandkids come to, and I can share scriptures, and I can talk about God's faithfulness, and I can pray with them. And I hope you do too. And so what are the things that will make you more like an oak tree and less like a poplar? And so when we're done here, we're gonna, oh, we have one more song. I'm going to pray when we're done here. I just want you to, you know, while you've kind of got your family around the TV or your family around the computer or wherever you are, um, just, or if you have a good friend, talk about constructing that trellis. Talk about creating that rule of life. Talk about putting those disciplines into your life. And, and hold each other accountable. You know, if, you, if you're married... I hope that you have a spouse that can look you in the eye and go, you need to be praying today. This is what I read from the Word today. What are you reading today? Wow, that just sounds to me like an amazing marriage. So I hope you have people like that in your life. And if you don't, reach out to somebody today. Well, let's pray. God, we praise you and we love you. You're an amazing God. And Lord, uh, I... I thank you that you didn't make it easy, that this requires discipline. we we are the result of those things that we do every day. We're we're a result of our habits. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be those people who have those habits, who are consistently uh, devoted to those habits, God, of growth. God, I pray for those who have maybe created habits um, intentionally or unintentionally, God, but those who have created habits that destroy their emotional health. Maybe it's just a steady diet of negativity. Maybe it's just a steady diet of friendships that bring them down. Maybe it's a, uh, a, just a steady uh, diet of just entertainment, junk food, Maybe it's just a steady diet of social media. Man, I, I, I don't know if this is from the Holy Spirit or this is just me, but I really feel like there's a lot of people in our church that just need to get off social media. Take a week, take two weeks, take three weeks off. Pandemic will be here when you get back. But you're killing your emotional health. God, I pray... That we would be courageous enough to do things like that god to walk in greater simplicity to walk in praise oh god we love you we need 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 you, we need you. Holy Spirit, come into this moment. Come into this moment. I believe that God would say to some of you today, that God would say, I'm still on the throne. I'm still on the throne. I'm still here. not surprised by all this. I'm still on the throne. God would say, hey, more information isn't going to make you feel any more at peace. The only place you're going to find the peace and the rest that you're looking for is right here next to me. Come. Just come. Right here next to me. Right here next to me. I want to be your shelter. I want to be your Abba. Just come. Just come. God, we thank you for that. God, make us oaks. Make us oaks. That bear your likeness. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to
1: encourage you not to check out right done and it's the last song, but don't check out because I feel like there's things that God still wants to do just in the next couple of minutes. And when Lee was praying, there was a word that I just kept hearing. I felt like um, Holy Spirit was putting on my heart and that was um, unhinged. Some of you feel um, a little bit unhinged. And that's an easy place to be right now because of, you know, everything that's going on, it can be easy to feel a little bit unhinged.
0: But I felt like God was saying
1: in that, and, and when it was really impressed upon me when, when he was talking about um, those regular practices of taking time to be with God, that's where you're going to feel hinged again that's where you're going to feel because we're grafted into the vine right we're we're attached to him and um, and honestly I had a moment of uh, of being unhinged last week and it felt like um, it felt awful and I wanted to escape I didn't want to feel it. I didn't want to embrace it. I didn't want to lean into it. I wanted to run from it. And as I, I sat and shared it with Lee and I, I told him how he was feeling and, and I leaned into it and I let myself feel it and I said, what do I do now? And he said, you get up tomorrow and you pray can you spend time with Jesus? And it sounds so simple, but that's what I did. And it was like, I'm not saying that it's all gone, but it was like a weight was lifted off, just coming back and spending, like he was talking about his walk, and just coming and spending time with Jesus. Everything else just seemed so much smaller as he loomed large in my heart. So I just wanna encourage you, as we sing this song and we sing about Jesus and how we build our life on him, that, that you would think about him, dwell on him, let him get big, let him show himself big and large in your life. Lord, reveal yourself to us this morning.